Good morning. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Mem in Maseches Sukkah. And we're going to start 11 lines down Daf Mem, where it says, Taima Delulav Parshishu Sanichnas Lashviyasu. We're going to use these extra 11 lines, um, head start, to get some background as to what's going on. Would you believe we have in here an exquisite Daf Yomi coincidence? Uh, the likes of which. Uh, you hardly ever see. Last time this stuff was learned life cycle, I believe it was perm day. Not so today. Today we find ourselves on the doorstep of, Sh- of Shemitah year, an Elul preceding a Shemitah, and we are talking about Peros Shvius, right? It would only uh, take effect around this time of year, this exact type of Shaila. After all, you're plucking off the Lulav uh, and the Esrug when? Right, after, right around Rosh Hashanah time, right? Because just about every year, Sukkot falls out after Rosh Hashanah. That's how the calendar works, right? So you're plucking the Esrog off the tree that year. So let's say it's like this year. This year, we find ourselves on the eve of Shemitah. So that means that we are currently in the sixth year and that this coming Rosh Hashanah in a few weeks is going to be the seventh year. Okay, now Shemitah is, and, and this is such an exquisite Daf Yomi coincidence that I wouldn't understand this stuff, I wouldn't appreciate it as much if it weren't for the fact that Rabbi Marwick Shlita in Shomrei Milchamar of yesterday, as recently as yesterday, was talking about the themes of Shemitah only because of Shemitah here, not having to do anything with the Daf. And he said that really there's two themes. We're very familiar um, with the theme, because it's very practical, we're very familiar with the theme that our Mishnah here on Lama Tess introduced, which is that you're not supposed to do commerce, right, with the fruits of Shemitah, because that's what we usually have to uh, look out for. Um, but, but the other fact that will come into play very strongly in today's daf, especially in daf bays, is are we ele- that the idea of Shemitah is, in fact, to allow, it's like the great equalizer, it's to allow poor people it's to, to, to feel like everyone else. Meaning, whereas normally during the year, everyone thinks that their uh, wealth correlates to their hishtadlus, right? To their efforts and whatever it is that they're doing that's so smart that it's resulting in whatever earnings they're making. It's Musser. It's Musser. It's, it's, it's a whole Goranowitz Musser moment the whole year. To teach us, right, that, that really it's all beyond Hashem. And even if we took our foot off the pedal, off the gas, Hashem takes care of everyone and everyone gets to feel the same. When I was in St. Martin, that's what people were saying. The people from all, it's the highest concentration multicultural in, in, the, in the world. And they said, because there, nobody really, there's no poor, there's no rich. Like there's a big disparity, let's say in the island of Jamaica, but in the island of St. Martin, everybody kind of feels the same. Wow. So, and, and, and so everybody feels kind of relaxed. There's no crime, there's no, because, because everyone realizes, so to speak, that they're in, that they're not in control. So I'll just explain the Mishnah and then, and then I'll, I'll, and then, um, we'll go on to this 11 lines down on Mem Amidav. So the Mishnah basically said that Right, so you can't do, this goes to the first part, the first theme that we said with regards to Shemitah, which is that you're not allowed to do commerce with this Esrog, okay? So you have to give them the Esrog as a gift. It's like we've seen this even today, where you buy a Lulav set, 
in some cases, you buy the esrog and like the lulav comes with it. Here, do it the other way. If it's going to be this year, then sell the lulav, right? And the esrog will, be, will come with it as a gift, right? Just charge a little more for the lulav. The esrog will come as a gift in the set. Why? Because you're not allowed to do commerce with the esrog during Shemitah. Now, why would you be allowed to do commerce with the lulav during Shemitah? So that, now we're going to go to 11 lines down. I'll say it outside first, then we'll read it inside. The point is like this. Depending on, the, this is really what, what we're leading up to it. Since that Mishnah, the discussion up, up until, right, the Mishnah was on Lamatessa Medalf. Since then, the discussion up until over here, Memo Medalf has been mostly involved with when is the Shemitah Chal on specific items. For some things, it's from the time that it grows. So, for example, if the lulav, right? So, so if the idea was, for example, that the lulav, you consider the shemitah year based on when it grows. Okay, so the lulav grows now, right? The lulav is already growing now. Okay, that means that the lulavim that we're picking off the tree right, let's say in three weeks, between Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot, are actually what? Lulav de Shishis, right? They're lulavs of the sixth year because they're considered, it's only next year's lulav that's going to be considered a lulav of Shvius that you can't sell because it depends on when it grows. Oh. There was a three-way machlokas about the esrog. Is the esrog determined by when it grows or when you pick it? And we hold like the Rabbanon of Usha that were, that were quoted, that it has to do, that, that it happens to be true of Shemitah, happens to all be, also be true of Miser. That's not, not for us for now, but with respect to Shemitah, we had established that the Esrog is determined, the Shemitah year of the Esrog is determined by when it's plucked. So you end up having this funny hybrid thing where in your very Lulav set, you have Peros of Shishis, which are okay to do commerce with, and Paris of Shvius, which are not okay to do commerce with. When I say Paris, I'm using the term loosely. I'm saying that the Lulav is, let's say, pre, right? So the Lulav is from Shishis because the term by when it grew, and it grew during the sixth year. And the Esrog is from Shvius because it is determined by when it's plucked, and it was just plucked now, right, after Rosh Hashanah, and thus it is considered Paris Shvius that cannot be done commerce with, okay? So you have the situation where you can only sell the lulav and then the esrog is going to come with. That's how you get out of it. Mind you, next year, Rashi points this out, in fact. Uh, and I think the Gemara, uh, also, uh, he, he's quoting the Gemara. Mind you, next year, you're going to be having to sell the esrog because by then the esrog will be considered the esrog of the first year of the next cycle, right? You'll be able to sell it because you'll pluck it after Rosh Hashanah. And the lulav will have been considered Lulav Ashvias, because that's when it grew, the Lulav is going to have to come with the set, right? The year after Shemitah, okay? So that's where we're holding. So but now the Gemara... But in yeah. Chutzlar, already on the boat, right now. So you're saying in they were plucked uh, already on Shishas. Yeah. So then we don't have the issue of we could buy the Esrogim also, right? I, I mean, I, obviously it depends on your specific Esrog, but I would assume there's a very good chance that... Right. Uh, Andrew's saying, Halacha he thinks that our, our, our Esrogi might already be on the boat, because otherwise, how would they get here between Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot? So I don't, I'm not 
I'm not deep. I'm not that as deep in, as you into the industry, which is quite an industry. Lulav and Esrig. Our very first house that we were supposed to rent was the Lulav and Esrig house. There's people in Baltimore on Taney, I think, that or that that only uh, only live here during that time of year, or that's their only business. And so we were going to rent it, and you're allowed to stay in the house except for like the time that they're selling Lulav and Esrigim. Some crazy thing. Anyway. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so deep in the industry, but ain't a chinami. Where you're setting up, let's say, a theoretical case where all everything's being being plucked after Rosh Hashanah. So now let's go inside the Gemara here. Eleven lines down, says the Gemara. Taima, what's the reason that you'd have to? What's the reason in the Mishnah you'd have to buy the estrog as part of the lulav set? Taima, the lulav by shishis hanichnas l'shviyasu, because the lulav is considered. Now we know what this means. The a a produce, so to speak, of the sixth year. Right, which is okay, that the, and it's going into shemitah, but that's fine. Hadashvi is kadosh, but the gemara is asking at this point that the implication of everything that we just said is that the lulav, were it to be a lulav of shvius, you would not be able to do right commerce with it, which is in fact what we did say. We said that next year we're going to have to worry about the lulav. The gemara is going to question that. Why is it going to question that? Because don't forget, the, the estrog is certainly fruit. So Shemitah certainly applies to the estrog. Does Shemitah apply to Lulavim? Because Lulav is not really fruit per se, it's the tree. What can you and what can you not use? Uh, so that's where we get into the second theme of, Shemi, of Shemi, uh, Shemitah, which is that everyone, it's meant, right? What does the Pusik say? It says in uh, right, so we always think of, <laughs> right, we always think of Shvius, like what we can't eat. We can't eat this fruit because it's Shvius. That's just the commerce part. What's really supposed to be in an agricultural society is that Shvius is when you can actually eat more than ever before. Right, because nobody's working the land, and it's all hefkervelt, and you're, and it's like for everyone to, to partake, right? So the Gemara say, right? So the pasuk says, "Bahai salahem laachla." He's supposed to be able to eat it. Oh, so says the. So you year, you really are allowed to eat the hefker fruit. The fruit's supposed to lay lay there. Oh, so that's the exact point that you're allowed to eat it, but you can't sell it, right? In other words, this is not meant for commerce. But it's meant like a free-for-all. It's like everybody taking all their stuff and putting it outside in front of their house, so to speak, right? The agricultural version of that. And then whoever, right, everything's a garage sale minus the sale. Everything's, everything's uh, come one, take one, come one, come all, take what you want. Okay. Why do people complain? It's great. Right, it should be great. But the reason why people complain is, well, as a matter of fact, I, th- I don't know if Shari Zion has this. Shomrei has this thing where they're, they're paying the, their... They're trying to get the farmers to not have to rely on Heter Mechira and to go with uh, to Karen Otzebezin. You know, we're supporting our farmers. It's, very, it's, it's a big Nisayan, Garanas, trust me. As a matter of fact, people use it as a raya to the Torah. What do I mean? They say, would any people, like let's say, Khalila, somebody's going to come to you and say, somebody made this up. So that would be only if everything in the Torah said was self-serving, right? Like if everything you wrote in the Torah was, oh, Hashem loves you no matter how many sins you do and you can do whatever you want and it's fine and you have no obligation and it's all love and you're all going to heaven. So then you would say, well, somebody wrote this to make us feel good. 
But Shemitah is a big responsibility, it's a big achrayas, and it's a big um, nisayon. And so these nisyonos are not consistent with, uh, with some, something that people would make up for their own uh, benefit. Okay, now, now we're really ready to go. So the, the question is the Gemara. Time of the Lulav Barshish is Nicholas Shviyasi, Har the Shviyas Kadosh. So the Gemara is challenging this implication that a Lulav would ever be subject to the issues of Shemitah. How's Amai, says the Gemara. Why would you say that? Eitzim be'almahu. A Lulav is not produce, it's just wood. Ve'eitzim ein behemishum Kedushas Shviyas. And since it's wood, it doesn't have Kedushas Shviyas, and therefore you should presumably be allowed to sell it. Oh, so the Gemara says, no, it doesn't have Kedusha Shemitah. How so? The Tanya, because we learned in a Brisa. No, actually, it's, the Gemara is not questioning it. At this point, it's going to support it from a Brisa. The Brisa says like this. A guy has alei kanim v'aleik fanim. Leave, leaves of, like, reeds and leaves of grapevines. We're talking about the leaves, not so much the fruit. Shegavavan l'chova al p'nei hasadeh. What's gavavan l'chova? Rashi chova? Michbeh. A hideout. You're making a jungle-themed hideout, Andrew. Remember this when you were a kid? And you and, and Barry used to play in your jungle-themed hideout? So you have these, these pieces of, shru- of whatever, shrubbery. If you gathered it for your jungle-themed hideout, apnea sadeh, lichton la'achila. Or if you gathered it to eat, yesh behem mishum kedusha shviyas. So interesting. Gathering it for a hideout is the same as gathering it to eat? We'll see why, Yes. If you gather it, I'll give it away a little bit. If you gather it for immediate use, then it's going to have, be considered Kedushas Shviyas. However, if you did it for, to use as firewood, if you gathered it to use as firewood, it's not going to have Kedushas Shviyas. So now we have a fascinating dynamic here. That the question is, what was your kavana? What was your intention when you gathered this, these leaves? That intention can actually determine whether it has Kedusha Shviyas. That's in itself a fascinating Kiddush, right? So, okay. So what's, what's the answer here? So first of all, what was the question? The question was, it sounds like, right, if you gathered it for the, for the purpose of wood, so then you don't have Kedusha Shviyas, and therefore, as presumably, a lulav should not have Kedusha Shviyas, and you shouldn't have to worry about selling it. The Gemara answers, shiny hasam, the lachem So now the Gemara is going to define what the Pasuk meant when it says lachem lachlav. They're supposed to be able to use everything, all of this produce of Shemitah. What does it mean? It means lachem, says the Gemara, dumya de la That the usage of said produce that's out there, right? All of that that's out there for all to take, the way that you're allowed to consume it. Now this is Two aspects, right, that can be confusing. We're going to see it in the Gemara. We're going to flesh it out a little bit. But there's two aspects here. One is like this. If you are allowed to consume it, that means it has Kedusha Shviyas. Okay? So we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll get into the issue of whether you're allowed to even consume it in any other way. But in the meantime, we're talking about Kedusha Shviyas. Obviously, you're not allowed to sell. The question whether you're allowed to consume something that's not Kedusha Shviyas, we're going to set aside for a minute. But in the meantime, we're talking like this, that what is, what is the case where it has Kedusha Shviyas if it's similar to Achila? How so? Says the Gemara, Misha uvi Says the Gemara, 
And Rashi really spells this all out. Um, like, so for example, Misha and Osavir Shavah, I'll say it a little bit outside first, that the only time, the only thing that has Kedusha Shvius is something where what? The Hana is simultaneous with the usage. So for example, if you're using it as a fruit, then as you're eating it, you're getting the Hana and it's immediate, okay? Even if you're using it as a hideout to make a jungle-themed hideout, so then the second you put that together, you're getting a Hana from it immediately. What, in contrast to what? In contrast to burning. Because as Rashi explains, right, he gives, he gives cases Right? He's talking about the simultaneous simultaneity of the hana and the and the consumption of it. Now, consumption doesn't have to be biuro like actually going up in flames. In fact, the term is a little bit um, uh, misleading because actually burning it might be the the one case where it's not simultaneous. The cases where it is simultaneous, says Rashi, is kugon sicha shtiad lakas aner. Right. So if you're using, let's say, oil of truma and you're drinking it, okay, so you're getting that now immediately. If you're using it as an ointment, so even that absorption is also immediate. And even lighting a candle, the hana is immediate. However, lighting firewood is not immediate because what happens when you light firewood? You light it and now it's first lighting. What are you using it for? You're using it to cook a pot of soup. So the soup is just now starting to get warm. By the time the fire is out, the soup is not even yet cooked. Now it's the coals, right? Hilchas Shabbos. Now it's the coals that are cooking the pot. And by the time the, the, the soup is fully cooked, the, the fire and the wood is long gone. And therefore the hana of the fire, at, which is the cooking of the soup, and the burning, the consumption of said wood, is not simultaneous, okay? So ironically, does not apply to firewood. So that's what the Gemara is saying here. But the reason why there's no Kedusha Shvius by that Lakisas Eitzim is because that was for firewood and firewood is not Eitzim Shonasan Achar is not, right? But rather it's Hanasan Achar Biuran and that is why it does not coincide, and that is why it doesn't have Kedusha. However, the Lulav, which Rashi, I would have said, okay, however, the Lulav, the Hana, is simultaneous, the Hana being the Mitzvah, but Mitzvah Slav Nu, and that's not the Hana that we're talking about. Rashi says, Hana is, the Lulav is so designed that it is like a broom, which means whatever use you can have for the Lulav, because you're not burning it, right? Unbelievable. Look at this Rashi. It's like the last of the thin lines, right? It's to use it as a broom. Okay? And that is the exact same time that you're using it and consuming it, so to speak. So he's saying like this. Rashi's saying, Alulav, the Hana, is the same time as, right, the consumption of it. And therefore, it has Kedusha Shvius, and therefore you have to be, were it to be Alulav of Shvius, you would not be allowed to sell it. And uh, firewood, that's only firewood, is not Kedusha Shvius. And Alegufanim, those vines that we talked about, says Rashi, since they can go either way, it's going to depend on what your intention is. Unbelievable stuff here. Okay.
So now we're on the last. Oh, so so the Gemara then says, really, wood is excluded. There is such a thing as trees, right? That are what very very oily. There's wood that's very oily, and it and there you say that what the use of that is as a torch. Well, there if you're using it as a torch, just like we said before, a candle. Definitely to know because we're not cooking anything, we're just lighting the fire, that's simultaneous. Says the Gemara, stam in omdim. In other words, it's unclear exactly what the Gemara meant. We're about to see. This was like this, which for us is just like a little detail in the Gemara, was a lifelong mission for Rashi to understand, amazingly. <laughs> but be that as it may, he was talking about the 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 what is the give and take here in the Gemara? That the Havamina is, the assumption is that oily wood perhaps should be considered uh, not as firewood. In other words, should be considered as something that should have Kedusha Shvius. And Rava apparently is saying that even though that's true, we consider all wood, because I had said before, remember, Rashi had explained that Lulavim is, Stam Lulavim is not going to have, is, is going to have Kedusha Shvius because it's going to be used as a broom. And Stam wood is not going to have Kedusha Shvius because it's used as firewood. And then Aleg Fanim could be, could go either way. So it seems like the Gemara is trying to say, well, Stam wood should also be able to go either way because you, while it is true that most wood is used for firewood, some wood is already super oily and it's not used to light a flame to cook, but rather to be used as a torch and therefore wood should also depend on your kavana. That's the question of the Gemara. And Rava rejects that and he says that no, that stam etzim la sakaim omdim, that most wood is simply used for firewood, not as a torch, and therefore that should determine what the halacha is even by the oily wood. That's what Rava is trying to say. Okay. Now, now the Gemara is going to try, try to say that, no, this idea that we just said now, that the Shemitah status of firewood, uh, Rava contended that it's Pashat, that it's like all other firewood, and that it is only used for firewood and therefore should not have Kedusha Shemitah, Shemitah is actually the Machlokas Tanaim. Says the Gemara, Ve'etzim dehasaka Tanaihi. That this idea, this is last word, 16 lines up over here, that this idea that Eitzim are typically used as firewood is a machlokas tanaim, the Tanya. Ein mosrin peiros shviyas lola mishra velola chvusa and rabiosi omer mosrin. There was a brisa that discussed whether you can give mosrin, right, mesora, whether you're allowed to give peiros shviyas and put them into a soaking pool, a laundering pool. I'm going to say it uses laundry detergent. It's not... It's not exactly what it means, but the point is, as part of the flax, right, uh, processing, there, you could put in a little bit of, let's say, fruit juice or like wood juice or whatever in order to somehow enhance that process. And that is certainly a delayed, uh, delayed reaction as far as the consumption because it helps in the clothing. But as Rashi points out, the clothing only is something that you're going to get hung from way later in the process. And so that would be the idea. Can you use it or not? Now, this highlights a couple of things. First of all, we said before, Kedusha Shvius, this had me turned around when I was trying to learn it with Nachi, uh, which is that, because Birnbaum is in Montreal. So just because it's Kedusha Shvius, so we're used to saying, oh, it's Kedusha Shvius, and therefore we can't use it. That's not true. That's just... The one theme of, of Shemitah. Kedusha Shvius means you can't sell it, but Yudafka can use it. 
This is what we're trying to bring out, right? If it does not have Kedusha Shavias, then it's true that you don't have the problem of selling it, but I don't think you're allowed to use it. When the, when the, when the Pasuk says, he's saying, yeah, those are the things that you're allowed to take in the garage sale, right? You're, those, you're allowed to take your fellow's right fruit. That's out there for everyone. But if it doesn't have Kedusha Shavias, then it's true that you, that you could do commerce with it, which means that the owner maybe could do commerce with it, but you cannot partake in it. So that's why, there's a question here, depending on whether this would have Kedusha Shavias or not, that would determine on whether you'd be allowed to use it or not. So we're going to get into that, but first you have to see this Rashi. Rashi is talking about Tanahi. What exactly is the machlokas? This is, you'd think, is such a detail. Is the machlokas uh, whether stam etzim is the hasaka, as Rava had said? Or is the machlokas uh, whether, um, right, whether there's a hanhaga shvius or not? That's the, that's the machlokas, right? We're not sure which of these issues is the machlokas tanaim. It's a detail, to be sure. <coughs> this detail drove Rashi up a wall. Says Rashi, an incredible Lashon. He says, It says, This is like, whatever, eight lines up in, uh, from the bottom here. That the Machlokas Tanayim was in fact where the Stam Eitzim La'asaka. And that's the gears I saw in all the Sfarim. And look at this. I don't know if you'll ever see this again until seven and a half years from now when we read this again, Bezat Hashem. From my youth, I worked like a dog to, to turn all of Shas upside down, to be miyashev, that approach, according to that girsah, and I just could not do it. Incredible honesty and effort and relentlessness of Rashi for, for in, in the lifelong pursuit of Shat. There's like an old manuscript from this deceased Rav Gershom ben Yehuda. And he, and he saw a different girsa that seemed a little bit more in aligned with what the question is. And that's the one that he was looking for. So for whatever reason, obviously we can't, um, we can't, uh, it's hard to dream to appreciate why this nuance is so important to Rashi, right? Because to us it just looks like a very nuanced detail. It's not even such a big difference necessarily, but it's what Art Scroll quote, uh, quotes, uh, the lifelong attempt to explain it, that it was unsuccessful, and therefore he went with the other version. Incredible uh, Musr moment from Rashi here. Okay. All right, so what's this, what's this uh, laundry detergent issue? Says the Gemara. My time at the Tanakama. Right, so we had a machlokas. Right, the Tanakama says you can't use the shemitah produce as laundry deter- detergent. And Rabbi Yossi says, yeah, you can use it. So what would be the machlokas? It says the Gemara. The Amar Kala Right, when the pasuk says that you're allowed to eat it, right, it means you're allowed to use it in some way that's similar to eating. How is it similar to eating? Well, it's not for pro- not not for use as part of the um, part of the right uh, textile process. Okay, why not? My time. So 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 the Tanakhama is just saying 
you know, he doesn't really have to explain it, right? Because using it for textiles is definitely dissimilar to eating it. But we'll see how it might be similar or dissimilar. So we'll see. My time at Rabbi Yossi, who says you can use it, says, right? Because after all, the Pasuk does say, it should be for you, for whatever need you use it for. It doesn't have to be just edibles, says the, right, Gemara. But as according to Rabbi Yossi, it's, if you want to use it for the laundering pools, so you use it for the textiles as well. So the Gemara asks, What does the Tanakama do with this Lachem? Lachem, according to Biosi, makes it sound like you could use it for textiles. Why can you not? So says the Gemara, No, the Gemara is saying that the Lachem and the Achla modify each other such that the Lachem has to be similar to eating. How so? Says the Gemara. In other words, what we had already said before, that this idea that in order, that the fruits of, Kedu, of Shemitah that have Kedusha Shvias and thus are usable are deemed such in the sense that the criteria is what we had already said. In the sense that their consumption is simultaneous, right, with their Hana. And that is true of food. It can be true of ointments or of, right, candles or whatever. But it is not true of Right, uh, firewood, and it's also not true of textiles, of like detergents, laundry detergent, and things that are used in the flax process. Why? Because in those cases, as we mentioned, the hana is only happening at the end when you get to put on the clothes. The hana is not happening at the time of the processing. So that is why Rabiosi did not, uh, right, um, that is why the Tanakama did not allow it. Okay. And so why did Rabiosi, yes, allow it? I, Rabbi Yossi, Haksiv La'achla, says the Gemara. It does say a La'achla, which implies that it has to be used in a similar way that is, that, that is similar to eating, to consumption, which is simultaneous on Ah. Gemara answers, Umi Baila La'achla Velomil Melugma. That La'achla was not intended, right, to exclude, um, it was not intended to exclude textiles and laundry detergent. It was intended to exclude something else, Melugma. What's plaster? Rashi says, Malugma, the last word last, in Rashi and Memo Aleph, Lirifua. In other words, you're supposed to eat it for fun, Goranowitz, so to speak, right? For true joy, true Hana. But you're not supposed to be taking these things for Rifua. Why? I don't know. But that's the drusha that he has. Okay. Um, I guess the plaster in those days was a medicinal application. Okay. So Ata Omer la Achla Veloma Lugma or Eno Ella Velolichvusa. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. You say that it's to exclude Melugma, but maybe it only would, it would also exclude Kvusa. We're challenging Rubiosa here. Like, what, where, where'd you come up with the exclusion of just Melugma? Why wouldn't it also not exclude Kvusa? So it says, Kshu Omer Lachem Hare Lichvusa Amar. That, no, that, that for whatever reason, the Mesora, the Lima that Rabbi Yossi had was La'achla excludes medicinal use, but does include, right, uh, delayed gratification type use of laundry detergent and like. Ha'amani mekayim La'achla, La'achla v'la melugma. So again, as we said, the La'achla is excluding melugma, but Lachem is including Kvusa, and that's why Rabbi Yossi allows it. Okay. But the but the Bryce is not going to let him off. The Bryce continues and says, That's a good question indeed. Where do you see this? Like where do you see 
where did you come up with this? That you're including, Dafka including laundry detergent and excluding um, uh, medicine. Where's, where's this even finding from? So as we turn to Memor Bez, Rabbi Yossi answers as follows. He says, Ah, a different criteria altogether, Andrew. Not the criteria of simultaneous versus delayed gratification, but rather the criteria of what? Does everybody need it? Or do only specific individuals need it? As follows, says the Gemara. Says Rabbi the reason I'm including, and so obviously it's not just about laundry detergent versus medicine. It's a concept. The concept is like this. I'm adding kvusa, I'm adding these laundering items, sheshava adam, because everybody does laundry. Nobody doesn't have to do laundry, right? It's an industry that you know will always be there. However, I'm excluding the medicinal plaster because not everybody's sick. This is what Rashi says. See, Marbani top Rashi's that's how it's similar to achila. Everybody has to use these. <coughs> However, malugma Not everybody is sick, and therefore that be the criteria. Says Rabbi the difference is right not whether it's not whether it's immediate versus delayed gratification, but rather whether it is. Shavah l'chol nefesh, needed for use by everyone. And again, when the Pasuk says, it's saying that you can use anything that everybody needs should belong to everybody. That's the theme of Shemitah over there. Amazing. Okay. So what comes out of this is that Yossi is not going to exclude firewood, right? Because firewood is something that everybody's going to need. However, the Tanakama would exclude firewood. This is all a long way of saying that the machlokas about the firewood is a machlokas tanaim. That this machlokas about the laundering was in fact, fundamentally, at least within Merbiosi's Weltanschauung, if you will, a machlokas uh, having, that would end up being a machlokas about firewood as well. Okay. So to that, the Gemara says, who wrote the Brysa? So he says, okay, so now we have this background. So let me, tr- let me throw a Bryce at you and let's see if you can figure out who, who wrote it. As follows. Who wrote this Bryce? So the Bryce says like this. I'm getting an idea here. That you can eat it, but you can't use it as medicine. You can eat it, but not use it. Ziluf means technically, as we know, sprinkling. Rashi points out that this Ziluf is talking about sprinkling perfumes. Okay. So that, so again, you can eat it, but you can't use it as medicine, can't use it as, as perfume. Which is a conglomerate, uh, an amalgamation of the word apik tfe zone, which means an emetic, right? You're going to, uh, right, cause somebody to vomit. Apikoto zone. Keman. Who said this price? Karabiosi. That had to have been Rabiosi. The fact that Mishra Kvusa is left out of this Brysa means that in fact you are allowed to uh, use it as and it should have Kedushas Shvias, and you are allowed to everyone should be able to go get these right resources for their laundry. And that is clearly the Shita of Rabbi Yosi. So the fact um, right, so the fact that Mishra um, Kvusa is left out of these exclusions is Mashmalek Rabiosi. 
Whew! Unbelievable. Thank God for Rabbi Marwick yesterday. We, this is, this is uh, heady stuff. Okay, six lines down on Memon and Bays. Okay. This is, a, this is the, next, uh, the next Indian here. It has to do with uh, being podeshvius. You know, when we lived in Israel, this was not only true in Shemitah. This was only true, also true the rest of the year during Meiser. All the years we had the Meiser Shani that goes to the Levim. Now, we're Levim. But anyway, we all belonged to these uh, Karen HaMeiseras. And where you donate money and there's like uh, a coin somewhere and you have to take the Kedusha and transfer it from the Peros onto the coin, right? And you have to say a whole Nusach and you can do that. When it comes to Kedusha Smeiser, you're allowed to transfer Kedusha from Peros onto the coin. Why would you do so? So that you could use it. So you could eat, right? So you could use it. So you could have commerce with it, etc. Okay. So now we're going to talk about, so remember, as we've already said, Shemitah, uh, Peros have Kedusha. And Ramat Peshemesh used to have like uh, three, four garbage bags because you're not allowed to dispose of edible waste like in the regular garbage, uh, in the regular garbage if it's Kedusha. There's in fact the mitzvah to eat. So this is, again, counterintuitive. You think you got to avoid Shemitah fruit at all costs. It's the opposite. There's a mitzvah to eat Kedusha uh, Shemitah. It's just the problem is disposing of edible is, 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 is problematic. So we used to have a separate garbage can for that, but the reason we had multiples was because we have to know when we threw it out. Once it's rotted for three days, it's already not edible, and then you can throw it out. So we would have, we would know which day we threw everything out because we had like them labeled according to the day, and then each day had its own garbage day, and then we would throw out the ones that we knew were three plus days old. Anyways, so I'm a Rabbi Lazar, ain't that you can't, so there's two ways, right, that you could sort of be poda, mitchalel, deconcentrate, deconsecrate it. You can either take it off with a coin or sell it. So when it comes to Meiser, you could do it both ways. When it comes to Shemitah, Rabbi Laza is saying you can only do it the way of selling it. And Rabbi Yochanan disagreed. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, bein derech mekach, bein derech So you could do it both by way of selling it or by Chilu, right? This is what the uh, Rashi points out. You can't do that for Shemitah the way you do it for Ektashos, according to Rabbi Yochanan. Why does Rabbi Laza say that you could do that you could treat the Peros of Shemitah the way you treat the Peros of Meiser? My time at Rabbi Laza. Ah, there you go. When it talks about the Shemitah, Right in the pasuk of Shasa Yovel, it is juxtaposed to the pasuk of Memkar, which is an illusion that Derech Mekach Velo Derech That that is the only way that you could deconsecrate uh, Paris of Shvius. Okay, so that is Rabbi Lazar's view that you can only do Derech Mekach. What is Rabbi Yochanan's view? They can do both ways. Rabbi Yochanan, my time, ki Yovel Hu Kodesh. Ah, because it associates Yovel with Kedusha, and we already said that that Kedusha is a word that's used both for Shemitah and for Maishashani, as the Gemara continues to say, Ma'akodesh be'in derech mekach be'in derech chilul, right? Af Shviyas be'in derech mekach be'in derech chilul. That Shviyas also is the be'in derech mekach be'in derech chilul. Now, it's a misnomer. Rashi is quick to point this out. The truth is that Kedusha Shviyas is not like Kedusha's Maishar. Maishar, you literally can transfer it off the original Maishar fruit onto coins. This is 
not true of Shavuos. You could never get rid of the original fruit of Kedusha Shavuos. So Rashi explains, if you, let's say you're Pode, it's a funny example, we'll see. Let's say you're Pode, um, the, the Gemara is going to explain it. But, but, but Rashi uh, is jumping the gun so that you don't get the misconception. Perish Shavis, the original fruit of Shavis is never going to lose the Kedusha. But you could Pode something else with it, the original fruit will have the Kedusha and then the second item will have the Kedusha as well. But that can be a chain reaction, as we'll see in the Gemara. So in other words, you can transfer Kedusha Shvius, but only the second fruit and on. The original fruit will always have Kedusha Shvius. Anyway, says the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan, hi, kitim kuru memkar, So what's Rabbi Yochanan going to do with this idea of memkar, right? And why does he, uh, so what is he going to do with that pasuk? Says the Gemara, yeah, he learns Rabbi Yosef Hanina's brisa. With the Tanya, I'm Rabbi Yosef Hanina. Bore kama kasha avka shvius, right? Like avak lashon hara, avak shvius. How harsh is this shmita, right? Uh, prohibition. Adam noisiv noisim peres shvius. A person could do commerce with peres shvius. Lasof mocher es metaltalav es kelav. In the end, he's going to end up selling his worldly possessions. In other words, when the pasuk says shenamar. Says the Gemara, "Bishnasa Yovel Zos Tashuvu Ishel Achuzaso." It says, "Shnasa Yovel," as we said, "V'samachlei V'simku Rimim Kalamisecha," and then juxtaposes, "You're going to sell your stuff, Lamisecha." So, whereas, right, Rebbe Eliezer said that that was a halachic juxtaposition to show you that you can only remove the kedusha of Shvius through Mekachumemkar. Rabbi Yochanan saw it as a Shabbos Shuvadrasha, a Musar, that if you don't. Right, a cautionary tale that if you don't properly use the Paris of Shvius, you can end up selling your belongings. That Hashem is going to punish you, and that will be the consequence. And that's what he does with the pasuk. So that's what Rabbi Yochanan does with Rabbi Lazar's pasuk. What does Rabbi Lazar do with Rabbi Yochanan's pasuk? Ask the Gemara. Rabbi Lazar, high card. Rabbi Yochanan, my avid He uses it for the bride. So the bride says, "Ki Yovel who kodesh." Right, the Yovel should be kodesh. Ma kodesh tofes as damav av Shvius tofes as damer. That just a separate, so again, right, Rabbi Lazar is sticking fully halachic with all these juxtapositions. He has an extra halacha, right, that the Kedusha Shemitah is going to carry over even onto the money that you're going to use. In other words, the money paid for Shemitah produce becomes subject to Shemitah, right, restrictions as if it was a fruit of, 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 uh, of Shemitah itself. Amazingly. And so that is, again, a halachic thing that Rabbi Lazar learns from the juxtaposition, uh, whereas Rabbi Yochanan had learned from that juxtaposition that you can, uh, right, that you can be podeb both in terms, with mekach as well with regular pidyon. Okay. So now 19 lines up from the bottom, Memon Bays. We're going to bring a brisa to support, support both Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Lazar as follows. Tanya Kavasei the Rabbi Lazar, Tanya Kavasei the Rabbi Yochanan. Tanya Kavasei the Rabbi Lazar because it says, Shvi Yistofesa says Dambeha. Right? The Brisa says, in fact, that the Shemitah does carry over to the mo- to the money. Shneimar ki yovel hu kodesh yelachem ma kodesh tofes es dama v'asur av shvius tofes dama v'asura. Right? We have a Brisa that literally uses the same juxtaposition that right Rabbi Lazar uh, used in order to learn the same thing. Looks like Rabbi Lazar. Wow. So then the Gemara is going to challenge this. It's going to analyze it a little bit. Ima kodesh tofes dama v'yotzel lechulin av shvius tofes es dama v'yotzel lechulin. How far does this comparison go? If you're going to say that Shemitah is going to be, right, um, is going to be Tophis, right, over to the money, then, and then what? 
in itself can become chulin? Is that true? In other words, that is, in fact, what can be done with a regular, like we said, Kodesh item, right? With regular Meiser, Shani, or something that you did what? Right? We have all these examples of somebody's Makdish something, right? Uh, and makes it Hekdish. But we know that all of those things can be Pode through onto money. And once it's Pode onto money, then it loses the thing that you originally were makdish, loses that condition, becomes chulin. So would that be true with the shvius? Well, Talmud Lomar, yeah. No. That is not the case. This is what Rashi was alluding to before. When the Pasuk says yeah, it's saying that we're not going to go. We're not going to extend the comparison all the way to say that the original Shemitah fruit loses it's Kedusha, because that's never going to happen. Now, the original fruit will always contain, in, in the case of, again, in the case of Hekdesh, the original Kaddish thing can, in fact, lose it through Pidyon. In the Shemitah, you could do Pidyon, but the original fruit will always have Kedusha Shvius. Ha-Ketzad, what, let's illustrate this as follows. Let's say you brought, right, we're talking bartering. You brought fruit with meat. Okay, So now both the meat and the Shemitah produce have to be consumed in the Shemitah year. That's something that you have to do. You can't leave over. There's a, it's a form of commerce, as we'll see, to leave over Paris Shvius into the next year. Isn't this amazing? We're learning this. Guys, we're not, this is not the Mishnah Burish year, in case you came early. This is the Dafyomi's coincidence uh, of Ilcha Shemitah. Okay. But then if you bought, let's say, the meat that you had used to buy the fruit... With fish, yatsa basar v'nichnasulodagim. So the right, the basar, which is like only shemitah by association, it's a secondary shemitah that can actually come off the wheat, get onto the fish. Lakach bedagim yain. Then you bought that fish that was consecrated, right? So it's like you're it. It's like tag. You're it. Now the dagim have the shvius. The original fruit's always going to have the shvius, but now the dagim have the shvius. You're buying the dagim with the yain. Yatsa dagim nichnas the yain. It's and so on and so forth. It's going to leave the dagim go onto the yain. Lokach v'yain shemen. Yatsa the yain v'nichnas the shemen. Right. The yain. It's going to go off the yain onto the oil. Hakeitzad achron achron nichnas b'shvius. Last person. Right. Last purchase is it. So it's going to be the original fruit. Right. And whichever the last purchase was. So that's what it means. It says, So the original fruit will retain its iser, and the very last thing that you purchased will also have the iser shvius. Ah, so now the Gemara is going to say, that supports Rabbi Lazar. Notice it says, Oh, it's using purchasing. It sounds like the only way that this would work is through Mekach, that supports Rabbi Lazar, that it's through Mekach, but not through actual Pidyon. However, we have a Brisa that suggests like Rabbi Yochanan, because it says, So we're going to see how this Machlokas tomorrow, right, we have Machlokas Amarabah, Machlokas, the last line, we're going to see how this Brisa, with respect to the Pidyon, Onto the behemachayev of is a reflection of the shita of Rabbi Yochanan's opinion with regards to pidyon of shvius.